When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets class open up your textbooks to boy meets girl meets boy meets world season three episode 18 chapter titled life lessons that's right life lessons how's everything going (laughs) have we got some life lessons for you oh um how are you all doing out there how class how is not being in class going Class has been dismissed until the end of the school year. Yeah, we're officially closed to the end of the school. I mean, our our children's schools are closed until the end of the school year. And we know a lot of places. So, okay. There's a lot going on in the world right now. And part of me wants to not talk about it. Like, like just do our Boy Meets World podcast and not bring it up. That's how I feel. But then also, I'm like, I, it wouldn't even be possible. Not it, really. It wouldn't be possible. But also, like, we're in a really unique position that we uh, we're doing recorded history. Like, we're recording how things are right now on a podcast that could be listened to 10 years from now. Like, That's true. I legitimately did not think about that at all. Um. That's because I'm a forward thinker, and that's why I panic, because then I keep thinking forward and forward and forward, and then I'm like, whoa, everything's gone. Um, <laughs> but anyway. That got bleak. I mean, that's what happens. So, like, I kind of do want to discuss how things are going. Why don't we have, like, an optimistic oh, discussion c- of how things are going? Just, this is, like, you guys listening three years from now? Things were crazy. Things were crazy. In this March of 2020. I mean, literally all of March 2020. Uh, 2020 has been batshit crazy, and it's only March. Um, it's been so crazy that Alden just said shit within the first five minutes of the podcast. And Tanya just said it right after. I commonly do. You do. Um, yeah, so we're in the middle of a pandemic and everyone's supposed to be staying at home and social distancing and not talking to each other close up. We are sitting six feet apart right now. We're not. We're married. We sleep in the same bed. I don't think we're supposed to. I don't know how that rule is supposed to work out. No one has gone on TV and said, if you're married to somebody, here's what you should do. Brady Bunch style, get in separate beds or wait. Brady Bunch were in the same bed. Yeah, they were like that was like groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it was Lucy and Ricky that were in separate mm-hmm. beds. All right, TV talk on brand. So it's rough out there. Mid March, the United States very unprepared for a disease that, or not a disease, a, a virus that we saw coming. Um, a lot of states are on full-on lockdown. I think like 39 states are on full-on lockdown. Ours in, isn't even close. We're in Virginia. All the schools are completely shut down. And so... For no reason at this point, because all of the adults can go wherever they want. To an extent. I mean, yes. But they did recently shut down any sort of like entertainment business. You can't get your nails done or your hair done. Yes. You can't go bowling. You can't go... You can't go play laser tag. Gyms? Nope. Gyms are closed. Okay, good. Gyms have... Well, most gyms have had chosen to close before this. I know a bunch of gyms did, but not all of them. Um, um, gyms are closed. Bowling alleys. Movie theaters had already decided to close. Um, most of the ones in our area, but now they have to be closed. Mm-hmm. Um, anything recreational is closed. Mm-hmm. Now it's essential businesses or non-essential brick and mortar stores that can control how many people come in. So if it's like a small store, like a, I don't know, um, Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree technically I think is labeled essential, but we'll use that as an example. Like it's small enough that the staff can limit how many people come in. Okay. They're allowed to be open if they can limit how many people come in and it can't be more than 10 people in at a time. Grocery stores are crazy. Um, Everyone's buying everything that they can. We went a solid few days where we couldn't find meats at all. But we found some now. And there's still no toilet paper to be had. But that's why 
I got that bidet. Bidets are good, guys. <laughs> she finally tried it. It's good. Anything else? No, I mean, like, I'm a bidet believer. It's a thing that is and good. And I saw her bidet. <laughs> no, I'm a believer. I No, I think it's fantastic. And you do use less toilet paper. Yeah. And, like, And it's better it's for your good. butt. It's better for your butt. It's good. Um... But also, like, things at the grocery stores are calming down. A little bit, yeah. Grocery stores, some of them are starting to figure out uh, how to organize and be great. Aldi is God. Well... Aldi is the God grocery store. They have got things under control. I think, too, and I went to the grocery store today, um, They people are starting to take this more seriously and less panickedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to maneuver throughout the whole grocery store without really having any instances of people being close to me. Right. Um, that said, like, we need to be at a point, I think, as a country where we're just shut down for a bit. Yes. Because it's... I'm not... I mean, I'm a panicky person, but... When I hear the things that are going on, I don't think the absolute worst. Um, I just mostly fear for any healthcare workers who have to be dealing with an overrun hospital and uh, uh, a lack of equipment. And if they get sick, it's less people who can work. It's, I mean, they're on 20-hour shifts at this point. Um, and they're bringing in medical students who have not graduated yet to be medical professionals because there's just not enough staff. So those are the bleak things going on right now. Yes. Um, and I, for one, am not one of those people who would ever sit here and be like, there's so much good coming out of this because there's not like bad things are happening. But we can look at positive things that we can focus on to make ourselves feel happier which is something that I've been trying to do more lately. Um, Unfortunately, I'm so emotional that even the happy things are making me cry. Um, So that's rough. But uh, what are some good things that you've been able to focus on? You just turned a positive into crying. So um, I don't know. I've really, I've been, Animal Crossing is so amazing. Please, class, let me tell you. If you don't play video games, um, Animal Crossing has been so huge during this. Um, what are your friend codes, guys? What are your friend codes? What is your 900-digit Switch friend code? Why don't code? you go ahead and give yours? Um, okay. Seriously, Switch is crazy. Nintendo is so far behind the times that they make it so difficult to play video games with people. Is it longer than a phone number? It is. It's what? It's 12 digits. It's just numbers. You can't select your own stuff. You can't just give somebody your username. You have to give them your 12-digit code. And then, even after you do that, once you're in Animal Crossing, you can't uh, join up with people uh, unless you give them your 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 animal crossing code like separately like i have to go into animal crossing and then my friend who's already playing animal crossing i have to text him and say here's my code to get onto my island and then he gets onto my island and then we become friends in animal crossing now so now we're like double friends all right guys do that do that with alden become friends on animal crossing because i know you guys are playing it too because everybody except for me is playing animal crossing yeah it's just been really good in this in this crazy time that's what i'm hearing um tanya what are good things for you um well i have a lot which is nice um we're getting chickens I was going to save that for last. Oh, go. Go ahead. My first one is a bittersweet one, but um, Steven Universe Future ended last night, really this morning, because we didn't get to watch it till this morning. But it ended, I guess, when you listen to this, last Friday. (laughs) It ended on Friday. It was an hour-long finale. It was an emotional roller coaster, but it ended beautifully, and I'm... 
so, so happy that I got to experience that whole series. Like Steven Universe was life changing. And that is something that I don't think I would be even remotely okay during this whole situation if I couldn't just turn on the soundtrack here and there or watch the first season where it's like so fun and happy. I wouldn't be okay at all right now. So still Steven Universe. Yeah, but this is it. So, what else? Chickens? Um, well, um, I did a lot of planting today. Uh-huh. Like, so much planting. Aubrey helped me plant. Um, and then I took the I took Finley and Aubrey to the nursery that's basically in our neighborhood. Um, because you don't have to be near people to be at the nursery. It's just outside. You can walk around and look at plants. So, I figured that was the perfect place to take two children who haven't left the house in two weeks. And I did that. Okay. And we're getting chickens. We we're built- getting chickens. <laughs> yeah. We built Surprise. A ch- we built a chicken coop. We're getting chickens. Um, Our chicken coop isn't quite finished yet, right. but it's very exciting. We're very resourceful. Yes. I'm excited. Um, they'll be here in like a month. Yes. So anyway. The, the first week of May, we will have eight baby chicks. It's going to be very exciting. And then we have like a month and a half before we can put them in the coop. And the coop we made out of an old swing set. We put chicken wire over it. Um, and we still have to make the door. We have to do some stuff around the bottom of it. But it's very, very cool. All right. So anyway, sorry for the 12-minute intro. But uh, it's been a crazy two weeks. It doesn't even feel like it's been two weeks since we've had an episode. It feels like it's been a month. At least. Um, but we watched Boy Meets World. Which we... is also a nice thing. Yes. It was really good to get back into it. Yeah. And we hope you guys watched along with us. We watched Season 3, Episode 18, Chapter Titled... Life Lessons. Uh, this was directed by Jeff McCracken and written by Jeff Sherman. It's the Jeff Twins. We Jeffed it up. Is this the up. first time that they've done it together? I feel like it is, because otherwise I would remember saying it's the Jeff Twins. That's true. there's no way I could have done that without saying, oh, it's the Jeff Twins. Hey, Tanya. Yeah? Uh, could you, um, can you say Jeff Twins? Jeff Twins. All right. Can you blur me up, too? Okay. The blurb for Season 3, Episode 18, Life Lessons, is Corey forms a study group that goes bad and turns into a gang. Okay. All right. Um, well, classroom or not, Tanya? Not. We're Why not. not. Why not? Because we are in the hallway where, like, everyone in the school is crowded around the wall. It looked like a locker at first, and then I realized it was just, like, a piece of wall, and there was something on the wall that everyone was looking at, and it was... The finals schedule where like all the finals were lumped together in like two days. One day. It's three three finals in one day, ten minutes apart. And Sean said, ten minutes between them, how are we going to study? Sean doesn't study ahead. No, time. Sean doesn't study ahead. And Topanga's like, Corey, if you need me in the next two weeks, you won't find me. I'm going incommunicado. Yeah. And Sean says, all these finals and she's going to Mexico? Yeah, pretty much. Or something about studying and she's he, going to Mexico. Yeah, he's, he's like, we're going to study for the next two weeks. She's got guts. She's going to Mexico. Um, Corey's like, everybody starts like rumble rousing, rabble rousing, rumble rousing. What? 80 year old? All the other characters. There's <laughs> those like, hooligans. Those they hooligans. all start rabble rousing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like 20 kids. Uh, standing behind them that are start like rabble rousing to me sounds like they're about to start a mosh pit they just start like pushing each other around me like hey i think they were about to because Corey is like relax everybody if all we need to do we got two weeks from today all we need to do is study for two straight weeks and we're going to be good who's with me and they all go yeah and then it cuts to them all not studying. At Chubby's, watching, watching TV. Watching TV at Chubby's. And then you, it's almost like a mini montage of Corey yeah. and Sean. Like they're sitting at Mr. Turner's with their books all around them watching TV. And then they're like sitting in all these different places with their books around them and they're watching TV. And then they're in the cafeteria. And I guess it's like a few days before. Corey says, oh, we've got two days left. We have a problem. And Sean's like, 
I don't know anything. How have I not studied enough? My books haven't left my side in two weeks. And Corey says, what kind of sick and twisted individual would do something like this or schedule tests this close together? And Mr. Feeney walks up behind him and goes, hi, gang. It was Mr. Feeney. Of course, obviously, he's the principal and a teacher. Who else would have done that? And they go, uh, Mr. Feeney, uh, I don't think you understood. Like, you put the test really close together, and that was either a mistake or a joke. And Sean goes, yeah, uh, and let's face it, you're not very funny. Um, Sean's wrong, by the way. And uh, Mr. Feeney goes, yeah, well, let's face it, you're not studying. <laughs> so there he goes right off the bat he's funny he's so funny um but they so mr feeney basically leaves the cafeteria yeah. and Corey stands up and he's like guys this is ridiculous but like if we band together maybe we can change this and they're all like yeah maybe we can and yeah. they all like go out and just and that's when the Three three kids oh, yeah. walk up to them. Three boys that we've never seen before in this show. We've seen them in a million other places. Like all three of them in so many things. And they go, yeah, you're right. Maybe we should get rid of Mr. Feeney. But like, <laughs> where did they come from? The school bullies are not them. The school bullies no. are Frankie and Joey and, and Harley. Harley. And Griff was mm. one, but not <laughs> any more. <laughs> Uh, who are these people? Who are? <laughs> Welcome to our Seinfeld mashup. You always say that. I really want to know who these people are. I know. So did Seinfeld. <laughs> um, can we do B-movie next? What? B-movie. Jerry Seinfeld was in B-movie. We? Oh, you mean after we finish all of Boy Meets World? Yeah. Or do you just want to watch B-movie? No, let's, re- let's do a B-movie podcast. Oh, I got to see the first Bs of the year today. So... Jerry Seinfeld says, I'm a bee, everybody. <laughs> Was that Peter Griffin? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lois. Um, what is happening tonight? I don't know. The world is upside down. Sing that. No. Um, <laughs> so anyway, these, these new bullies came out of nowhere. One of them looks like he's 62. One of them is Big Green. Yeah. And then the other one, I think, was also in, like... All of those movies, like Big Green and Sandlot, um, he was in Sandlot, and uh, I think Mighty Ducks, but I'm not sure. Probably not. Why? I don't know. Because you've watched Mighty Ducks so many times, you yes. just know everybody. Yeah, I would have known. Mm. I, I Little used... Giants. He was in Little Giants. Probably. Anyway, anyway, they, they were in lots of stuff, and the the 62 year old man. He has been in a thousand things, like just everything. I've never seen him before. I wouldn't recognize him, but he's like even working now, like tons, so much. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it cuts to the hallway where they have decided they were going to band together and they go talk to Mr. Turner. They grab Mr. Turner and they're like, hey, uh, this is kind of absurd. We can't be taking this many tests at the same time. And like we, we, we don't like coming to school as it is. Um, but we're here and we'll take the test. Just like they need to be spread out more. Can you ask Mr. Feeney for us why they're like that? And Mr. Turner says, you know what? That's a reasonable question. I'll go to Mr. Feeney and I'll get a reasonable answer. And it cuts to Mr. Feeney immediately whip, whip cut to Mr. Feeney going, no. And Mr. Turner's like, but they have a point. Like. It would be easier for them if it was spread out more. And Mr. Feeney's like, yeah, it would be easier for them. And it would also be easier for them if I just did away with tests altogether. And if I wore a birthday hat all the time and made them do no homework and like starts like naming all these like off the wall things. But his point is, yeah, it would be easier. But that would not be the right thing to do. These tests are put in place for a reason. Yeah, but Mr. Turner's like, but are you at least going to hear them out? And Mr. Feeney says, I'll always take time for my students. Send one of them in. And Mr. Turner goes out in the hall and he's like, all right, he's agreed to talk to one of you. You need to appoint a leader. 
At that moment, Corey has found a quarter on the floor and he has stepped forward to grab the quarter and everyone else in the hallway has taken a step back. So then they're like, Corey's our leader. Yay. And he's like, wow, this is weird. And he goes to talk to Feeney. Okay. Yes, he does. And what happens, Tanya? Well, you see, he goes in very (laughs) optimistically and he's like, so, Mr. Feeney, we... um." really would like these spread out some do you think you could maybe do something for us and uh, mr Feeney is like no well, he's, and, and he's, Corey's like okay i wasn't gonna pull this card but mr Feeney says how long has the schedule been up and Corey goes a few days and mr Feeney says two weeks and he says how long have you had to learn this material and Corey goes two weeks and he goes all year. <laughs> right. Um, and Corey's like, all right, so you're not, like, seeing my point as a student. So I'm going to, like, do this neighbor to neighbor. We're neighbors, right? Uh, and Mr. Freeman's like, don't do this. Like, I have spent all this time. The whole point of this is to push this stuff into your brains, past all of the nonsense that you guys hold on to, and get it ingrained in there so that it stays there. And Corey says, do you remember when I was a kid and I ate all of that dirt out of your yard and you called poison control? And Mr. Feeney said, I wanted my dirt back. (laughs) And Corey said, I'm asking you to do that again now. Call poison control. And Mr. Feeney says, Corey. And Corey goes, George. He says, get out. So he gets the boot. He comes out of the classroom and everybody starts cheering. They're like, yay. Well, what do you say? And Corey's like, why would they cheer first and then ask what he said? Um, Because they were so proud of him for going in there in the first place. Maybe. I don't think so. I think it was just. They're dumb. Yep. They didn't study. They didn't oh. know they were supposed to wait until after he told them what happened to mm. cheer. They would have learned that if they studied. Yeah, but anyways, the uh, the big greens are all like, uh, fine, we're going to do this our way, and they walk off. Um. Yeah, they it escalates very quickly. Like, um, they, I don't know, what happens next? What happens <laughs> We're you're very oh. prepared. We go to the living oh, room. Oh, we go to the living room where yeah. Eric opens the door and there is a woman who is very much a woman and not a teenager or a just past teenager. She's like mm, 30 and he opens the door and she's like, oh, he's like, oh, hey, you must be so and so. My parents are having car troubles, so they must not have been able to get a hold of you. He didn't say my parents. Otherwise, she would have known. Oh. Yeah. She's, she says, where are Amy and, and Alan? And he says they had car trouble. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. So it's just the two of us then, huh? Yeah. And then she she walks in. She's looking around. He's talking to her and all. They're, and like, they're, they're flirting. flirty. Yeah. They're definitely flirting. And she gets over to where the fireplace is, where there's the big like family portrait up above the fireplace. And... She sees that Eric is actually like Amy's son. And um, she's like, oh, this is so awkward. I was brought here to talk to Jonathan Turner. Amy was trying to set us up. And he's like, oh, well, he had to cancel, too. Um, You know what? You know, let's not let's you don't need to rush out of here. Let's go out for a bite ski. And And she's she's just like (laughs) a bite ski. And like (laughs) off they go. Yeah. And uh, their date. But as they're walking out the door. Eric goes, come on, let's hurry up before you get any older. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. But then it cuts to the backyard where Corey is looking outside the window and he's like, he's not trying to stay. This is a weird cut. He's not trying to stay hidden at all. Like his face is full on like in the window. Like he's trying to make like the lights on in his kitchen, which means that like out shine like shining out into the backyard he's like just watching out the window as, as the people like the bullies 
toilet paper, spray paint, and egg Mr. Feeney's house and, and then break like, a window? And put like some sort of foam or something. They had like party that's, foam. That's what I thought it was. I was like, it was like silly string or something. <laughs> but it was like thick. It was weird. Uh, Maybe it was that foam insulation. They were like. Oh God, I hate that so much right now. <laughs> Um, and then Mr. Feeney comes out and he's just standing in his yard forlorn and Corey's just sitting at his window open mouth like looking straight at Mr. Feeney and Mr. Feeney's looking straight at him and that's the scene that is the scene Tanya it is uh, but so we go to the classroom it's the next day Mr. Feeney's teaching classroom or not Alden uh, classroom it's Mr. Feeney's class Tanya I just said that is he teaching and- or not He's talking about the finals, and he's like, you guys have finals tomorrow. Make sure you're ready. And he's making it clear, like, uh, I don't care care what you did. Yeah. Uh, We're still doing finals. And everyone's like, and um, the strength and dignity that George Feeney is showing through all of this. And he's like, well, good luck. And they all walk out except for Topanga, who runs up to Mr. Feeney, and she's freaking out. And she has a tape recorder in her hand, and she's like, will this be on the final? No, Congress. Is it in the... Final, yes or no. And he takes it from her and turns it off and he's like, Miss Lawrence, you have worked very hard in my class all year. I have no doubts that you are going to do very well on the tests. And this does not calm her. She grabs her tape recorder back and she's like, will it be on the final? Yes or no? And he says yes. And she leaves. Um, and Corey walks up to Mr. Feeney and he's like, hey, um, about last night, I was at the library and Mr. Feeney was like, no one was accusing you. And he says, yeah, I just I just really think those idiots were out of line. And Mr. Feeney goes, yeah, I, I did, too. I, I haven't always been popular with my students, but as of last night. I realized that I also don't have their respect. He said he's always had their respect until last night. And Corey's like, well, maybe if you would just like loosen up and do what they ask you to do. And Mr. Feeney says he goes through a whole story where he talks about how like when when he started teaching, was it 40 years ago? Mm -hmm. He said he 40 years ago on the first day teaching. There was a small minority of children who didn't want to learn and wanted to goof off and and. We're more concerned about other things than schoolwork. And he says, as the years have gone on and, and now it's been got it's it's more and more clear every year that that group that doesn't want to learn has become the majority. He's feeling very defeated and feels like he's lost his ability to make an impact. Um, so um, he he says something that insinuates like the end of the year, and Corey's like, "What well, what do you mean?" He says he gives himself a self examination every year, um, and he's he says something about how this year he's pretty sure he's gonna he's a di- he's a dinosaur, mm-hmm. and Corey is like, "Well, yeah, well, people love dinosaurs, you know, like Barney, Barney, Jurassic Park, um, something else, Dino." He's, oh, and he starts barking like Dino. What does he do? I'm not doing it. Come on, do it for the podcast. I don't. I, it's not like I did it before either. I don't know how to do it. Don't make me do this. Okay, cool. And uh, Mr. Feeney's like, no, this is my last year. That's I'm why retiring I'll... at the end of the year. Yeah. And they play sad music. And then they go to the next scene. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, no, they don't. They go to the door, the doorway where Burgess, Burgess is the old guy, the old guy with the long hair. They think if they slap some na- long hair on... A te- uh, on an old guy that he'll look like a teenager. Yeah. That's not how it goes. And he's like, you know what? I think it was Big Green who said it. You know what? If if you don't move your test, we ain't going to show up. And, and Mr. Feeney is just like, cool, if you don't show up, you're also not getting a grade. Like, you aren't going to pass. Uh, and they walk out. And um, Sean, by the way, is standing with the bullies at this point. Yeah, that's not surprising. Corey is standing by himself. And they start to pick on Corey, like, oh, did you, what did you tell him, Corey? What did you tell him, Matthews? And, and Sean's like... Sean jumps over and s- starts saying some weird shit. What does he say? <laughs> he says, chill out, guys. Corey wouldn't squeal. Corey's cool. And Corey's like, oh, would that make me cool, Sean? This was the most Tanya slash Alden moment of Corey's <laughs> career because this was so 
what we would do in an angry moment and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, would that make me cool, Sean, if I didn't tell? Are you cool? Yeah, so he he walks out with Sean and the bullies just stay in the class, I guess. Um, And Corey basically tells him like, hey, dude, that was too far. That went too far last night. And Sean goes, yeah, well, lighten up on me. I wasn't there. I'm not responsible. And Corey's like, you knew about it. That's being responsible for it. And Sean says, yeah, well, you basically started this whole thing. And Corey said, yeah, I guess I'm responsible too. Now they play sad music. Now they play sad music and go to the next scene. You just, you hear sad music all the time right now. I really do. And then I start crying. I cry so much. She does. She cries a lot right now. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry like if I have to pee. I don't, I don't know. I just have a lot of tears at this point, but I do cry a lot (laughs) and it's okay to cry right now. Cry away. Cry away. And play Animal Crossing. And um, you can play Animal Crossing and cry at the same time. I'll bet that's very healing. I wonder. You should try it. You should try it. I don't want to play Animal Crossing. I, I don't want to cry. I have too much to do. <laughs> um. Anyway, so now it cuts back to Mr. Feeney's backyard, um, and Alan is there with Mr. Feeney cleaning up. All of the stuff yeah, and the they've broken taped window. Up the window. They're pulling things down off of the roof. And Alan makes a joke about like, well, I couldn't get all the egg off the roof. But if you throw some cheese up there, then in the summer, it'll make a really big omelet. And Mr. Feeney's just like, ha ha, you're so funny. And uh, Alan says, listen, George, I know you're upset, but don't let them, don't let the actions of a few of bullies dictate how you feel about school. Right, like and, it was just a few of them. It wasn't the whole school. And Mr. Feeney says, well, you're right, Alan. I, I am upset. And then that's it. Yeah, Alan leaves. But then immediately Mr. Turner comes around the corner and had no idea what happened, which is crazy because there was a school day in between this. Like, was he not at work that day? And why did Sean he show up? lives with him. Why did he show up in the first place if he didn't know what happened? He's just like, what? oh, I know why he showed up. Because why? he heard that Mr. Feeney was retiring. He came oh, yeah. to. So, but seriously, Sean lives with him. Mm-hmm. And a whole school day happened, and he didn't hear kids talking about what happened at Feeney's house the night before? I don't know. Maybe he did, and he was just trying to play it cool. He's like, what's going on here, George? And Mr. Feeney goes, oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. We had a raging toga party, and I forgot to invite you. Uh-huh. And... See, Mr. Feeney is so funny, and Sean was wrong. And Mr. Turner says, I heard a rumor that... <laughs> <laughs> Coffee me. Oh, it seemed like a weird spot to throw that in. So it I wanted feels, to do it. It feels good to talk like that. <laughs> Trailed off there. Um, so, uh, Mr. Turner says, "I heard a rumor that you're retiring." And and Mr. Feeney, do you? I mean, do you want to get do this whole like speech kind of thing? Mr. Feeney starts talking about how he wants to live my dream life. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to go travel and garden and. Uh, read books. He's like, I want to read whole books. I want to be free to be in my garden. I want to travel to places that I've wanted to go, but I've been worried way too much about these kids. And he goes off on a metaphor about how when he gardens or, you know, the kids are like a garden, like you plant the seed and then you watch it grow. And and in- even in a bad season, something always, always grows. Um, and he's feeling defeated, like, even in this bad season, nothing good is going to come out of what's happening at his school. Right. So, he's done. He's done. And we're done with this scene. And we go to the kitchen. And... Eric's wearing a suit that's way too big. And Amy is like... I guess, maybe that was big for the time, Tanya. It was. <laughs> It was big for the time, but he's going out with a 30-year-old woman, well, 27. So he's, like, skipping in the room in his suit. And And he's like, I'm in love. And Alan's like, who is it this time? And he goes, Brenda. Brenda Marsh. And Amy's, like, making dinner, and she goes, that's funny. I work with a girl named Brenda Marsh. Eric, no, you can't go out with Brenda Marsh. And he's like, why? Why? Well, because she's too old for uh, he you. He says, why? Because she's Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so they go through this whole thing where Amy's like, you're only 18. And Alan's like, how old is she? And Eric's like, 27. Or is it 28? I think Either it's 27, way, but... It Al- doesn't matter. And Alan is like, oh, well, in that case, here's my wallet well, he says, and here's my keys. He says, don't date her. You can't date her. And then uh, he asks how old she is. He says, 27. And Alan goes, oh, well, then you can't date her a lot. And... Gives him his keys Amy, and Amy's just like... Do you not understand why this is not okay? And I'm sitting there going, do you not understand why this is not okay? Because seriously. Ugh, ugh. Well, and Alan basically says, like, he's 18. It's legal. You know, he can do what he wants. Which is and, true. But what is wrong with this well, woman that she would be okay with dating an 18-year-old? Well, like, and, he's a teenager. Well, and then, I mean, I don't know. And then Amy says, there's just... She has a lot of life experiences that Eric doesn't. She's a lot more mature and and expects different things. And Eric's not going to be able to provide that, um, which is right. But Eric has to figure that out on his own. Right. Um, but anyway, Alan's like, all right, here's my keys and my wallet. So Alan's gross and Amy's right. And um, again. And. Eric goes, or Alan says, don't, or wake me up when you get home. And Amy goes, yeah, he's going to be the one on the couch. (laughs) She's very perturbed. Like, but she's wearing my favorite outfit. She's perturbed. And I think she's rightfully perturbed. Yes. But she's, I mean, it's legal for him to do what he wants. It is legal. But at what point does she go to work? That's the hardest part. On Monday and be like, what sick nonsense are you up to with my baby but that's my thing like if it was a 27 year old that he met at this store or whatever it wouldn't be so weird um but she works with his mom right like they are on the same level and eric is dating her yeah it's weird but also i don't think like 18 and 17 are not different from each other when it comes to how a person looks and acts. Right. So like if you are in like she, if she was into him as an 18 year old, like just turned 18 year old and she's 27 years old and she needs to take a step back and figure out like. Is this OK? Because it's probably not OK. But, I mean, they don't get far. She she was flirty with him and thought, you know what, let me give it a shot. Right. Um, and and there's nothing morally wrong with it. It's just, it's not a thing that could work. Right. So we go from the kitchen to the date at Chubby's. And at Chubby's, she is not okay with Chubby's. Like, she sits down. She's, like, grossed out by it. She's like, well, this place is, like, something. And Eric was like, yeah, I'm really sorry I couldn't get reservations at that place that you like. And she, like, names some French name perfectly. And he was like, yeah, that one. So, like, here we are. And then they don't really talk. Yeah, they're, they're really awkward and uncomfortable because they don't have anything to talk about. They're in different age groups and different life experiences. And she says, what do you like to do? Like, awkwardly, she says, so... When what you're do you... not at school. Yeah, when you're not at school, what do you like to do? Weird question, lady. Um, and... Yes, that makes it not okay. He's still in high school. And he says, well, last summer I bummed... I bummed my way through Pittsburgh and she laughs like, oh, you're so funny. And, and he was like, why is that funny? It's true. And she's just like, oh. And she's like, um, you ever been to Europe? And he was like, no, I've been to Pittsburgh. But there's a really big Polish population there. So it's like the same thing. And they just like awkwardly look off away from each other. And, and Eric he- is like, have I told you how lovely you look tonight? And she's like, yeah, a few times. And he says, look, let me go ahead and order us food. Um, I'll be right back. And when he gets up to order food, Mr. Turner walks in. And Eric is like, Mr. Turner, oh, have you ever been to Europe? And he says, yeah, the food's a lot better than it is here. And he goes, okay, come with me. And he walks Mr. Turner over to, what's her name? Brenda. And 
basically gives Brenda Jonathan as a date. And they immediately are like, oh, hey. Yeah, like, Brenda just, like, looks at him and starts laughing, which I don't feel like is a good way to start a date, but also, <laughs> what do I know? Also, Mr. Turner's probably, like, 40, so... I don't think he's supposed to be 40. You don't think so? No, I think he's supposed to be, like, early to mid-30s. Okay. Like, he's still in, like, his dating prime. Like, he's not even thinking about, like, settling down and stuff. Like, he's in that, like, reckless dating time. True. I assume that there's just as big of an age difference between Mr. Turner and and Brenda than there is. I think is. Brenda looks older than Mr. Turner. But, okay. like, I, she absolutely looks at least as old as Miss Tompkins. So they hit it off, and Eric walks away, and he says, like, hey, Mr. Turner, if you guys hit it off, are you, is this going to help me in class? And he's like, get out of here. And... Eric walks to the counter and a girl walks up, a high school girl walks and just up. And like, hey, Eric. And, and he says, yeah, have you ever been to Europe? And she goes, no, but we're, my family and I are going to Pittsburgh this summer. And he's like, marry me. Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they live in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yes. They, they live in Pennsylvania. They could just drive to Pittsburgh in like an hour. Yes. They live in Philadelphia. Yes, it is about an hour away. That's the joke. Why was he bumming? That's the joke. He could have just taken a taxi. That's the joke. I have trouble with jokes. People on Reddit call me out for it all the time. <sighs> um, so, we cut back to the school. No, we don't. We go to the ho- home where we go Cor- to the home. We got to the home where Corey, Corey and, and Topanga, Topanga are trying to study. And she's like... Um, okay, and who is the great Gatsby? And Corey says, oh, the greatest hockey player that's ever lived. And then Sean bursts through the door, and he's like, they're at the school. Yep. They're like, who's at the school? Yep. All of them. Yep. And they're like, oh, no. And they run out the door. Yep. And for a second, I thought Topanga was going to leave the door open, but she caught it at the last minute and closed the door. Yep. But Sean and Corey both look pretty warm. Topanga does not look like she's wearing warm enough clothes to go running all the way to the school. It's trying times. Tanya's very judgy. Also, I would like to point out that at one point, Eric was supposed to be driving Corey back and forth to school, but they can run to the school in like 0.2 seconds. This this is how she gets through trying times. She's very judgy about everything that doesn't matter. And that's okay, class. We're here for her. Remember that. So they go to the school. Outside the school. It's dark and violent like things are going crazy bullies are popping off they are uh spray painting it's only the back of the school though they didn't make it to the front side that's true they're only in the back parking lot um where like the dumpsters and stuff are and they have bolt cutters and spray paint and they're just like hooting and hollering and like being weird yeah and sean jumps up and he's like guys you gotta stop and they're like who are you gonna stop us and he backs away and then Corey's like no you really have to stop and he starts to give the same speech that feeney gave to him about like putting the nugget stuff in of his information brain, and he like touches the guy on the forehead and he goes touch me again and you're dead and Corey backs well, off i said he was gonna break his fingers maybe and Corey, same thing if, and, if you break your fingers, you'll die. Yeah. Yeah. So, judgy. <laughs> so, um, Corey backs off and he's like, see, I learned something just now. And Sean says, you guys have a right to peaceably assemble based on the uh, 17th Amendment or whatever. First. First Amendment, is it? <laughs> I think so, it's yeah. way different than 17th. Um, I would like to say, though, at this point, the old bully has already bolt-cutted the lock yeah. off of the door. Yeah. And he's come back around to talk to Sean. Yeah, and Sean is like... Um, They're like, what are you talking about, Sean? He's like, I accidentally read this chapter in history class. And Corey is just looking dumbfounded at Sean. And Sean says, yeah, you have a right to peaceably assemble. But the minute that you broke that lock, you broke the law and you're no longer peaceably assembling. I'm going to call the cops. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? Um, what is Mr. What has Feeney ever done for you? And he says, 
you see the bolt cutters in your hands right now? And he goes, yeah. And he said, do you see them in my hand? And he goes, no. And he goes, that's what Feeney did for me. And Tanya said, what does that even mean? And Alden said, I thought it was pretty obvious. And then what did it mean? Uh, He was saying that because of Mr. Feeney, he didn't grow up to be one of these bullies who would have cut the lock. Um, And as he says that, Mr. Feeney walks outside the door and the bullies like run off. Yeah, they're Uh, really afraid of him. They're so afraid of him than they weren't earlier. I guess they know that after hours, Mr. Feeney can shoot him. Well, also, Sean did just school them on the First Amendment. That's true, and they're not peaceably assembling. So they're like, bye. Um, And Mr. Feeney says, uh, no. And Corey says, Mr. Feeney, why are you here so late? Mr. Feeney says, I'm preparing for the finals tomorrow. Like, it's a lot of work for me to get these ready for you. And you... Corey says something about how, like, you'll see, I can't wait to see what they are. And Mr. Feeney says, yeah, well, you'll like them even better next year. And they're like, next year? And he's like, yeah, I'll be back. I guess this dinosaur's got a few hundred thousand years left in him. Aww. Aww. And then Corey, Topanga, and Sean leave. And we watch Mr. Feeney pick up one piece of trash for five minutes and then... Corey comes, or maybe it's Topanga, I can't remember. One of them crouches, comes back, crouches down, and picks up a piece of trash and hands it <laughs> to, to Mr. Feeney like, when the trash can is right there. They could have just put it in the trash can. Yeah, it was very much like a, look, I'm here to help you, but you're cleaning this shit up, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> yeah, I think, so there's, um, there's, I th- like, episodes like this of every show having to deal with adolescence where like bullies trash everything and somehow the good kids are like part of the issue in the beginning and then they feel responsible for it and they end up having to help clean up and I was just like taken back to my McGee and me days where like the big lie they trashed that one guy's house and like let all of his animals loose and Nicholas has to help clean it up you know what Nicholas didn't do Hand the poor old guy the trash to put in his own trash can. Sorry, was that a tangent? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, they help clean up and uh, we go back to the hallway for the post-credits scene. It's definitely post-credits. And it's not. Topanga's reading. It's not post-credits. Topanga's reading. The credits are rolling right now. They haven't ended. Topanga's still reading. On the the wall, she reads While off like... While she's reading, there's credits going on. Right, post the credits. And she's like, C, C, D, D, D plus, C. And Sean goes, wow, Topanga, you really fell, fell apart this year. And she goes, I was reading yours. And he goes, yes! And I was thinking, wow, he really did do well. <laughs> like, good job, Sean. Um, so... Then Corey walks up and starts reading his, and he's it's basically all B's and a yeah. C. Uh, and he's like, see? Look at that. And he like stands up in front of everybody and does his like Corey president speech. And he's like, mm-hmm. look, everybody. See what studying can do? I think we should all learn a little bit from this. Let's all go study. Who's with me? And, and they're like, yeah! And then it cuts to them at Chubby's watching TV together. Yep, which is fine. Finals are over. They can watch all the TV they want. And that's the end of the episode. How did you feel about this episode? It was good. It was fine. It was... Um, I wish they had had Joey and Frankie as the yeah. bullies. That would have made it such a better episode. Or at least, like, Joey, because I think at this point, Frankie couldn't be that person. True. Like, he and Feeney have gotten close. Hmm. Maybe. That's true. Maybe that's why they felt like they had to use these kids. Yeah. Or maybe Joey and Frankie were off being movie stars. I mean, at that point, I feel like Frankie was being a movie star. I think Mallrats had already come out at this point. Probably. So he was on a roll. Yep. Um, but otherwise, the, the episode was good enough. It mm-hmm. was fun. Um, Corey was great. Corey was great. 
Feeny was great. Feeny was great. Did you, you keep telling me how you feel about the episode. I'm just helping you out because you seem to be like trying to pull things out of your brain that aren't quite like Everything's coming out. Everything's so crazy right now. <laughs> I'm so exhausted with life. But that's what I'm saying. I'm helping you. Like, you know, in Harry Potter, when they use the um, their wands to pull the strings out of their brains for the pensive and like it looks like that white liquidy stuff that comes out of their brains what's a harry potter i'm not answering that question on mike um i was helping you pull the string out of your brain are you gonna talk uh, are we still podcasting i don't know yeah, the episode was good um i thought the the eric story was whatever but like it doesn't. It wasn't out of character. Like it didn't seem like a thing Eric wouldn't do. He's yeah, al- he's it was always in character. he's always tried to date older girls. Um, it's just the first time that one of them was like, "Hey, that's not true." Because the supermodel that dated him was definitely super older than him too. But they didn't talk about it. Like she could have been. It's true. A nineteen-year-old, and he was like, "It." They didn't talk about it this time. It was specifically she was edging towards thirty years old. Yeah. And he was just 18. Yeah. And I don't know. It was fine. I don't have a lot to say about it. There wasn't much. Like, we talked about it. Everything else is so crazy right now. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why we took a week off. (laughs) This is why we took a week off. Last week would have been a, a disaster. It would have been... 45 minutes of me going, I don't know, it was whatever, and Tanya just crying, openly <laughs> weeping. Uh, well, how did you feel about this episode? I I liked it a lot. It was very simple, like, and it was very cliched, but when you pull out the fact that, like, Corey was so good, and it was Feeny heavy, and Feeny, like, speaks these words of wisdom that are just really, really good, and then he, but then he turns away my dream life, and I'm just like, that is a strong man right there, because if I had a chance to retire, like, with money coming in to read, garden, and travel, I would, I would do it, like, I would not be like, you know what? I'm going to give it another year. Like, oh, no. Mm-mm. I'm going to garden, read, and travel. Yeah. She would do that now at 35. Yeah. Just drop everything to do all that. Yeah. Travel by herself. No. <laughs> with you. Oh, I'd still have to work because someone has to pay for this house. Oh, that's true. I would only travel when you could travel because I have chickens to take care of. So if we travel together, it doesn't matter if the chickens are taken care of? I'll get my mom to watch the chickens. Uh, so anyway, uh, we hope every out, every, we hope everyone out there is doing great. I can't podcast anymore. I'm broken. He's not broken. He's fine. He just has to work through this. We all need to work through this. How are you guys working through this? Because, like, is this a thing that it's normal to feel this stressed out about? Are we just... N- nuts like how's everybody feeling for real yeah i really want to know and like if you feel fine can you please tell us how so that we can maybe try what you're doing because we're not feeling so fine right now and like our kids anxiety is up and it's not because we're making it worse like this is how they feel well i mean everyone is is everyone's anxiety is up i feel like people that i work with that were very um nonchalant about this two weeks ago when i was saying look how bad some of these other countries are and and i i even feel bad myself complaining about how things are for Mm -hmm. us right now Mm -hmm. because i know that we have listeners from other countries who have already dealt with this worse than we are dealing with this right now Uh, we have listeners in the united states who are dealing with this worse than how we are we both have our income coming in fully we we don't have that as an issue both of us have our full-time income coming in. We are not affected by this financially. Our children are home. They are safe. We are safe. Like, to even complain, it comes from such a place of privilege. And it's just, it almost makes me self-loathe on top of everything else. Because, like, 
people are struggling. And this is something like I made. <laughs> I'm going to lose us listeners right now because like I keep seeing people post things where they're just like, God's using this to bring families together again and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, guys, like people are losing their homes. They're losing family members. They're losing their jobs. Like they're losing everything that God is not using this to bring our families together. Like you can look at a silver lining and be like, I'm so glad I have this time with my family. That's great. Look at things optimistically, but like also reach out and help people who are struggling with this. Like find out like people that you know, check on them, see if they need anything, even if it's small, like check on your friends who have kids and babies and be like, do you have enough formula? Do you have enough diapers? And keep an eye out when you go to the grocery store because there are people who were not ready for this. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, there were there are people in other countries who have dealt with this worse than our country is dealing with this still now. Right. Um, and w- there are people who two weeks ago here were acting like this was no big deal. And I would say, like, do you guys not see how things are going in these other countries? Like, we need to be doing things to prepare and keep the things from getting as badly as... As bad as these other countries. Yeah. Um and we didn't. And we didn't. And a lot of them were playing it like, oh, it's it's no big deal. And here we are two weeks later. I don't, there aren't many people that I work with, and I work with a thousand people. There aren't many people that I work with that aren't taking this very seriously. There are a few. There are definitely still a few people who like to make a big joke out of it. And I want to choke them all. He doesn't want to choke them all. He's lying. He does not have a violent bone in his body. But most people kind of, I think, feel similar to how we feel now, which is just constant anxiety. And and to an extent, like, I always feel constant anxiety. So now I'm watching people who don't, and I feel bad for them because I'm like, oh, you've never felt this before. It's, it is scary to always feel this, like, running adrenaline. Yeah, and they need to understand that you're feeling it, like, 200 times what you normally are. Like... It's rough out here, guys. It's rough in my house. It's 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 a rough time. I really hope everyone that listens is getting through it okay. I hope that um, you guys have everything that you need. Um, if you need to reach out and talk to someone, like, we are open to that. Like, it's a weird time. Um, but I think that one of the things that can come out of this is a sense of community and togetherness and helping each other and, um, and being there for each other. So like, if you need us, let us know. And if you know of someone who is in need, like, even if you can do something small for them, like do that thing, because it's going to go a long way for helping soothe things that you couldn't even possibly understand because they're worse than what you're dealing with. Yeah. Also, what are you watching or listening to to help you get through this? Because I need more things to watch and listen to because Steven Universe is over. Yep. Anyway, that was a lot. This is a lot. You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> At BMG and BMW. You can email us at bmgmbmw at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, BMG and BMW stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, we've had more posts in the Facebook group lately. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everybody who's listening. We do hope and and we do hope that everyone out there is staying safe and we hope that your families are safe and we hope that you're staying inside as much as you possibly can. Um, reach out to people online, and that's that's the that's that's the part where we're very very lucky. Um, there have been times in history where people have gone through things like this. We're at a time in history where we can go through this and still talk to people almost constantly, mm-hmm. and still have a community even when you're not able to get out of your house and be with friends. Right. I've seen more and more Instagram lives going out and more and more like 
live streams that people are doing and like it's just it's YouTube videos and um gaming things where people get together. everyone's playing Animal Crossing together and like it's and watching Netflix together for like the Netflix party and yeah. like it's too bad there's no Disney Plus party and we couldn't watch oh, like Boy Meets World but I think there is a way to do it with like Zoom or something maybe we could figure something like that out that would be so fun just do like a night where we watch an episode of Boy Meets World together yes huh okay Let's look into that. All right. Let's look into that. Let us know if you're interested at BMG and BMW And if everywhere. you have any ideas on how to do that. Yeah. Because um, we couldn't stream it. You'd have to have Disney Plus and watch with us. Anyway, this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, a very disjointed and all over the place episode. Hopefully it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> but we're here. We're here. Um, thank you for joining us. Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, season three, episode 18, chapter titled. Wait. <laughs> Class wait. <dismissed>. No. <laughs> No, no. Yes, that's it.